BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Mr. 911, get emergency? Yes, I have an emergency in my apartment. Um, there are people in my house who I don't know, and my purse is suddenly missing, and I'm afraid I'm going to have robberies here. Okay, people in your apartment at this time? Yes. I'll connect you to the police. Stay on the line. Hey. What? I'm, I'm upstairs in a bedroom where they don't know where I am. Okay, I'll connect you to the police. You can tell them, okay? So tonight's who is your favorite case? So to kick off what is your favorite case, I have a Patreon here, Gwen T. Hi, Gwen T. Hi, Jay. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Thank you for volunteering and being the guinea pig for the What's Your Favorite Case on the Jays for Justice Patreon. You're welcome. No problem. Yeah, yeah. So, Gwen T., um, just to get to know you a little better, you know, Patreon to Patreon, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, my name is Gwen, and I have been in the true crime community, probably the lo- Michelle Hill and I probably the longest um, back from the Chris Watts days. So that's so is that how, how was- long you've been watching Jay's yes. Justice? Wow. Since the beginning. Yes. Oh my Since- gosh. Thank you so much for being yes. so loyal. Like You're that means welcome. so much to me. It really does. You're welcome. Yeah, no problem. So yeah, um, I've been here, been around since the beginning. So I knew you back when you did your first podcast and and all that so you've seen you, me improve in time a little bit yeah yeah a little, a little. I still so have, I've, I've watched your um what is it what's the word I'm thinking of like your progression your um metamorphosis over time you know like how you've gotten from point a to where we are now so well I thank you for being such a loyal subscriber yes you're welcome. and I want to know what is your favorite true crime case So my favorite true crime case is a case, it took place in Ocean City, Maryland. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It is, there really isn't a name for it, but it's um, Benjamin and Erica Sifrit. Have you ever heard of that case? I have not. This is new to me. All right. I love it. Yeah. So they were a couple, I think they were probably early 20s. Um, He was a Navy SEAL and she was like a high school basketball star. 
Um, he was a Navy SEAL. He was number one in his SEAL class. Like he was a total like go-getter. Um, Erica went to Mary Washington College in Fredericksburg, Maryland, or Fredericksburg, Virginia. She was, she graduated cum laude. Um, she was a high school You know, basketball. I never have been able to pronounce that. How do you say yeah. that? <laughs> it's cum laude. But I was, first I was oh, saying. Oh, you said it wrong, I think. Cum, uh, cum laude. Yeah. No, it's cum laude. Cum oh, laude. Okay. Well, thanks. I'm positive. I've, I've been saying yeah. it wrong for forever. So. Yeah. Cu- Sorry. Cum laude. Go, yeah. go ahead. Cum laude. So, yeah, I, I even did the pronunciation on Google with that. So, anyway, she went to this school, graduated cum laude. Um, she was a high school basketball star. She had an indoor basketball court at her home. Um, Her father wouldn't let her come in for dinner until she hit 10 free throw shots in a row. And they were, you know, they were like, yeah, they were very pushy parents. It almost reminded me of like um, Aaron Hernandez. I remember hearing Mm. something similar about him. Like his dad would make him do, you know, the same 100 shots before he could come in for dinner or like Tiger Woods dad. So um, that's kind of how she grew up. Like, perfection, perfection, perfection. And then she, um, so while she was in college, they met her senior year of college. Um, they got married after three weeks in Las Vegas and people describe them as kind of the all American couple. They, I mean, I guess you could say she was attractive. I, I guess basing it on the fact of what I know that they've done, I look at them and I'm like, oh my gosh, they are repulsive. But I guess if you, if you take away what what they, you know, if you just look sure. at them on the surface, I'm sure they look sure, pretty, sure. yeah, they, they look normal. They don't it's look like, like us looking at Ted Bundy and going, you know, if he didn't kill a, a ton of, ton of women, he's pretty dang good looking, you know, or like Scott Peterson or Chris, Correct. <laughs> Chris like, yeah, I guess the list goes on and on, right? <laughs> yeah. Richard Ramirez. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I don't find any of them, subject, but anyway, so yeah, like people were like, they were the all American couple. They were, you know, fit. They, she was very thin. Um, he was like this tough guy. He was macho, um, you know, ex Navy SEAL. However, he did have this big, huge swastika tattoo on his chest, Mm. which it's like, why would you have that? I don't know. That's kind of random. um, Yeah, totally random. So after they married, um, he, you know, he was like this great Navy SEAL. There were even stories of him that he could go out and get completely wasted. Like he would drink till five o'clock in the morning and then get an hour's worth of sleep and then get up and run 20 miles and then be like come in first place. Wow. So, yeah. So, I mean, I couldn't do that. I, even if I didn't drink a bunch of alcohol the night before, but, um, I need my sleep, you know? So yeah, he was definitely like a machine. Like he was almost like robotic and and I'll get into that a little bit more. So, um, they married and then she kind of pushed him. She was like very jealous. I read, there's a book about the case that I read. I I had a Kindle years ago and I read the book. I'll, I'll, I have the book written down in my other notes and I can tell you the name of it when we, before we end, but the book went into more detail of like, she had shown up on a, on a trip that he went on with the military and, you know, was very possessive and jealous thinking that he's always cheating. Hmm. So, um, yeah, so she showed up anyway. So she basically, so he was the star in the Navy, you know, he was a Navy SEAL, the star, and she basically convinced him to get out. She was like, you know, probably, like I said, they were married after three weeks. Um, so he went AWOL 
and was kicked out for being AWOL and then insubordination. So apparently he had probably told an officer or somebody in charge of him, like, no, I'm not doing that. And then he, he just left. So he was AWOL. So anyway, he was kicked out, got a dishonorable discharge. Um, after he left the Navy, they both moved back to her hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania. She, um, you know, she had gone to college on a, on a scholarship for basketball because she was the star basketball player, but she wasn't able to kind of go pro because she was so petite. She was very skinny. She was short. So there was no way she was going to make it in like the, you know, the WNBA. So, um, so anyway, they moved back to her hometown of Altoona, Pennsylvania. So just keep this in mind, like this Navy SEAL. Who's got, and where like, is, this, where is Altoona? I have no idea. Somewhere oh, you Pennsylvania. don't. Oh, okay. no. I didn't herb of like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I oh, really okay. don't know anything about it. So, oh, okay. um, so they moved to Altoona, Pennsylvania. So just keep that in mind. Like you've got this Navy SEAL who's used to like going out and doing all this dangerous stuff, blowing stuff up, like shooting things and all this adrenaline jumping out of airplanes. And then he moves to Altoona, Pennsylvania and opens a scrapbook shop with Wait. Erica. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so his masculinity in- was like kind of just yes. ripped away Almost. like yeah. like ripping <laughs> off a band-aid there went his masculinity yeah, yeah. that's so never just, a good thing right and this all comes into play and like it just it all of it makes sense to me once you kind of peel back the layers of the onion so yeah he was pretty much emasculated I would say like you're you know you're gonna go open a scrapbooking shop in Altoona Pennsylvania and a plat you know some plat some random plaza. I guess her parents had paid for it. So anyway, he's working at the scrapbooking shop with her. They're working at it together and they start to get an itch for like a little bit of, um, you know, like, uh, adventure because he's got, like I said, he's got that he's used to that adrenaline rush. Like he's used to, you know, that, you know, adrenaline of like always doing something on the edge or doing something crazy. And, and he gets off on that. So, so they started robbing um, other businesses in the plaza. And that was like, you know, great and everything. And I guess during that time, she had told investigators later that he, they were, their sex life was suffering. Like he couldn't even sexually perform because he wasn't getting enough adrenaline. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he wasn't like fulfilled in other parts of his life. So he was like almost impotent. Um, He was unable to. Yes. So, so anyway, so she's like, once we started robbing stores, he got his mojo back and we were able to Hmm. connect and have sex. Yeah. It's very odd. Is that coming from her after? Yeah, she was. Yeah. So she said that like, wow. Yeah. So she's, so, so then, then they started doing that and, and their sex life was okay for a while. And then they had to like up the ante and they had to keep upping it and keep upping it and, and I'll get into that. But, um, so they started robbing the stores um, they never got caught. They were breaking into them with like masks and stuff and like stealing money. And it was the thrill. What year um, was this, Gwen? Two, oh, I'm sorry. It was 2002. Okay. So was, I'm just trying um, to think of technology at that time. You know, yes. when you say they're breaking in, I'm thinking of, you know, all the cameras. Yes. But- yeah. So this was, well, I would say this was probably, so there, the, the crime happened in two, uh, Memorial Day weekend of 2002. So this was probably, I would say, 2000 mm-hmm. um probably maybe even before 9 11 I, I don't and there, know and um, there wasn't really a lot of I mean a lot of cameras like there is now right and, right and I mean, now and we have even cameras right everywhere. 
and and think of social media. There wasn't Facebook or like next door where people could be like, Hey, my, my business just got broken into somebody, you know, anybody yeah, else we were still kind of in those times where you had to actually talk to your neighbor. Right. Find out what was going on. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so they so didn't yeah, get so, caught. They broke so in they, and stole money no. or goods or what? Everything. So they would just break it. And so then it was kind of probably like a game for them too. Like they were at the scrapbook store and they could watch, you know, the cops coming the next day and kind of all voyeuristically watching it all go down and like, Oh wow, look at that. You know, there's the cops and we did that. Ha ha ha. You know, kind of, so I could see the thrill in that. So I guess that they evolved from that. Um, they started doing drugs. Um, she was, uh, what was it? She was doing, she, she was obsessed with Xanax. Like she loved Xanax hardcore and other prescription drugs. Um, she also, this is very odd. She, uh, she becomes oddly obsessed with Hooters. Okay. And Hooters memorabilia. So yes, like, okay. Mm -hmm. So in this, and and she was not like, I don't know what you call a woman in the chest. Like you say, well endowed, like she, she was very flat. She, she didn't have any, so I don't know why she you had no curves. No, nothing. I mean, she looked like a, like a little, like a little boy, like her figure was very, um, you know, very thin athletic. She was very athletic build, like very uh-huh. petite. So I would say she was probably five feet and maybe like a hundred pounds tiny. Um, and I can you know, see why just, she couldn't play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. So she just, I mean, she could sink three points all day, but she just wasn't, she couldn't compete with those tall girls. So, um, so anyway, she develops this addiction to Xanax. They, she becomes obsessed with Hooters and Hooters memorabilia, like obsessed, like it's crazy. It's all over her scrapbooks and everything. Um, in photos, she's all decked out in Hooters tank tops, hoodies. Uh, it's very odd to me. Um, I don't know if it's odd to you, but they were together or yes. Yes. So they were like together, they were married and they, so she get a boob job. No, not at all. Like very flat. (laughs) She didn't work at Hooters. I mean, no, nothing. It was so no Hooters attire. Yes. And it comes back into place later, but that every documentary I've watched. Inquiring minds want to know, did she wear the tights? And no, the crunchy socks and the shorts. <laughs> do they still wear that? I haven't been to Hooters They years, do. They do. I haven't seen any. Okay. Hooters. I thought maybe there was like this full body shot. No, no, like, no, no, no. She just would wear, she, and it's like, do you, are you trying to be cool girl? It was like, she was a know? fan. Like she was a fan of Yeah. Hooters. But why are you a fan? It's like it's Hooters is cool. Like, yeah. But why Hooter? I mean, I don't know. Is it, it's odd to me. It's very foreign. I don't, I can't huh. imagine. Anyway, whatever, different strokes for different folks. So um, they begin to break into Hooters restaurants and they mm. started stealing the merch. Yeah. So after Maybe that's hours, why she wore it because it was free. Perhaps, but I think she had this fetish prior to the break-in. So um, they were breaking into them. At, so then after they quit breaking into places around the scrapbook shop, they started breaking into Hooters. Um Am I saying Hooters wrong, weird? I feel like I'm saying Hooters. <laughs> um, Hooters. Anyway, they had a Hooters. Hooters. They had a very strong friendship, the two of them. Um, ben, so his name is Benjamin, but everyone, so I'm going to refer to him from now on as BJ because that's what they call him in all the shows. But I, I guess his middle name must be a J. 
So I'm just going to call him BJ. That's what they call him. BJ is separate. Nerica separate. So they, um, they had a very strong friendship. Like they were like best friends. They were inseparable. Um, they had a very strong sexual chemistry and they both loved to party. They liked to drink. They got into cocaine. Um, they obviously loved Xanax. Um, and I mean, the only part was his sexual kind of, you know, he couldn't perform at times until they kind of, so she. Was there an issue between the two of them because of that? No, I think she just constantly overcompensated by bringing in something new, like, okay, we're gonna, so that's what's very interesting to me is that she was like, okay, let's start robbing this place to get you off. Let's start robbing Hooters. So that's not working. Let's start breaking into Hooters, um, you know, after hours. And and then, so, you know, drinking, cocaine, Xanax. Um, they were always looking for the next thrill. And uh, when the drugs and sex and alcohol weren't working, they had to up the ante. Like I said, they eventually turned to murder. Um, they... And, and when they murdered the, the, this couple that they murdered, they, they did it by playing this sadistic game of cat and mouse, which I'll get into in a minute. Um, but so I'll set it up for you. What they, they did, her parents owned like a timeshare in Ocean City, Maryland. Um, so they were in Altoona, Pennsylvania. And the, the dad was kind of like a big wig at a bank or something. And so he owned a timeshare, like a penthouse in Ocean City, Maryland. So they were like, okay, we're going to go there for a week. So they go on this week-long vacation to Ocean City in 2002, Memorial Day weekend. Their trip fell over Memorial Day weekend. I think they were probably there prior. Um, They they actually met a couple named Joshua Ford and Jeannie Crutchley. Um, Jeannie was in her 50s. Josh was in his 30s. Um, but their friends and family said that they were a great match. They, They lived together back in Maryland. They were from Maryland. And they came to Ocean City for Memorial Day weekend. And just to get away, um, they met the Sifrits on a shuttle bus um, that was going to the to this bar called Secrets, not S E C R E T S. It's S E A Secrets. Um, so I guess it's like this big bar in Ocean City, and they took this shuttle. Um, they didn't have enough money to. Erica and BJ got on the shuttle. They didn't have the right change or something, and Joshua Ford said, "Hey, we'll give you the money." just buy us a drink at the bar. Sounds fair enough, right? Like Mm -hmm. I would probably do that. Um, So they get to the bar and there's this hour long wait to get in the bar and they're, you know, standing there talking to the, you know, the four of them are talking and they hang out there. They get inside, they sit at a table, they're, you know, drinking, they, they're dancing, whatever. Um, And uh, BJ and Erica say, Hey, let's take the party back to our, our condo. We have this penthouse. Um, we've got a hot tub, we've got weed, we've got drinks, you know, let's, you know, let's go back and, you know, after party. Mm -hmm. So they all, they go, they all um, get back there and they're continuing the party. They're all in the hot tub and apparently having a nice time. And all of a sudden Erica gets out of the hot tub and she says, and I guess people in Pennsylvania call purses pocketbooks. Mm-hmm. And on the, all the documentaries I was watching, they kept saying pocketbook, pocketbook. So I'm like, what? Is, so I had to, oh, it's kind of like French like, room. Yeah. 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 Pocketbook. Pocketbook. So I, I, you know, in my notes, I've written pocketbook, but it's a purse. So she, kept, I guess she was saying like verbatim, where's my pocketbook? Um, 
And she starts running around the house. She's screaming. She's like, where's my pocketbook? She's crying. So BJ gets out of the hot tub. He gets a 357 Magnum. He points it at Joshua and Jeannie. And he's like, um, you know, where's the pocketbook? Where is it? You know? And they're like, we don't know. I, we have no idea what you're talking about. Like this came out of nowhere. And he's like, take off all your clothes, prove it that you don't have the purse. Like what? So they take off all their clothes. And then Erica goes upstairs and calls 911. And she's slurring her words. She's telling the operator, you know, someone's in my condo. They stole my purse, um, her pocketbook, whatever. And, and the phone call cuts out. So then the operator transfers her to the police department. I don't know how that happens. It's all on the call. Like it, it kind of doesn't make sense, but it cut, um, it cuts out before she can actually talk to somebody and they can get the address and everything. So the police never arrive. They never get the address, which is weird to me because I thought if you call, it automatically logs in their system and then they will come out. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. If they call you back and you don't answer. Right. I thought they automatically made a check. Yeah. And didn't that happen back? I mean, that was, so think about it. I mean, that was 18 years ago. Wouldn't that have been going on back then? I don't know. So, or, or maybe. I would it, think so. That wasn't, I mean, 2000, yeah. 2000 wasn't that long ago. I mean, it was a yeah, long time ago. We had some technology then. Yeah. Being a kid in the nineties and calling them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, like as a We're joke. scared to death. Stupid. Scared to death. Yeah. Show up. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't understand how that happens unless it's because it was like, a hotel. I don't know. So anyway, that's a very odd part of the, the story to me that they, you know, she calls and there's an actual 911 call and she's like, I'm scared. These people are in my house or in my condo. You know, I'm, I'm scared for my life. I think they stole my purse. Um, so meanwhile, that happens. Josh and Jeannie run into the bathroom naked. They slam the door and, um, you know, they're like wanted to hide from these crazy psychos that were threatening them and accusing them of stealing something. So, BJ starts to shoot through the door and he keeps missing. So Erica runs outside onto the balcony and looks into the bathroom window and starts telling him where to shoot. She's like, okay, he's up, go shoot to the left. So he's shooting through. Yeah. So he's shooting through the door. They're moving around. Um, Anyway, it, he ends up killing Joshua and he's dead. And then they open, he kicks in the door, which I don't understand why he didn't kick in the door in the first place. Um, and Jeannie was hiding under the vanity, like crouching down, hiding and whimpering and begging for her life. Um, he's, and he shoots her and he shoots at her, but misses. And then she's, when she's found dead, she's got this huge stab wound to the wound to the abdomen, like right. And that's basically what killed her. Um, so yeah, so now they have to get rid of these two these two bodies that are in their bathroom. Um, they, you know, there's like a hundred thousand people around Ocean City for this weekend, so they can't really just like carry bodies down the stairs. So they end up dismembering these bodies in the bathroom, mm. and they put body part yeah they put body parts in garbage bags and they take them out bag by bag. They go and then you so know, they're I don't in Ocean. Know how people can do that. <laughs> You hear about it so often. I know. What? No, I don't. Okay. I could see taking dead bodies out in bags. Okay, fine. You're not no, looking but at it. But the dismembering. Dismember- oh my God. I know. I can't even. I don't know how people can do no. that. You would all, I would never get that out of, you'd have to pass the brain bleach. Like how would you ever get those images out of your mind? Right. Ever? 
Right. I know. Does it go away over time? I don't know. Um, so they dismember them. Then they go out drinking. They are acting like nothing's wrong. They're playing mini golf. <laughs> They're taking photos. And in one of the photos after they killed them, Erica is seen wearing Josh's necklace or Josh's ring around her neck. And it's caked with blood. You can even see the blood in the photo. What? So, so sadistic. Yeah. So she's wearing it around like a trophy around her neck. Um, still had blood on it. And they took all these photos for the scrapbook. They were like trying to, you know, put the, encapsulate this memory into their scrapbook. So they, um, so by now friends and coworkers are starting to worry about uh, Josh and Jeannie. They're calling the cops. They didn't show up for work. They go to the hotel that they were staying at. There's, they walk in, nothing's disturbed. It looked like they just basically went to secrets because that's what they did. They, they, you know, like there's money still there. There's clothing, there's food in the fridge. Um, they said the car still had sand on it and underneath it, like it hadn't been moved. So they knew that there was probably some kind of foul play. Um, and, and the one thing that was interesting that I read about was that Jeannie hadn't, that people knew something was wrong because she hadn't, she had not missed a day of work in over 20 years. So, I mean, let that sink in. That's crazy for somebody not to miss a day of work. Yeah, um, so yes, I couldn't imagine. Um, so the Ocean City Police Department prints flyers with their photos and they put them all over, you know, they're missing people. And, and, and at this time, BJ and Eric are still there. They're still on their vacation. Um, so all these flyers are up all over. Um, the two, they're just like walking around like nothing happened. They're playing, you know, pot pot, like I said. Um, and they had to go and replace a door. So they had to go to Home Depot because, you know, he had shot through the bathroom door in the, in the penthouse. So they had to go to Home Depot and buy a new door. And there's a photo of him standing outside Home Depot with the door and cleaning supplies to clean up all the blood. And it's like, what were you going to, I mean, that's just, blow, and I saw the picture and it's like, what were you going to do? Put that in your scrapbook and say, um, you know, like hashtag cleaning. I mean, what do you, what would, I, it just, doesn't that blow your mind? Yeah. That, um, yes. That like, absolutely yeah, like, mind blowing. Yeah, like behind him is Home Depot and like the orange letters and he's standing there with the door like posing and it's like, oh my gosh, what were you going to do that? Um, so they, um, they go back, they clean, they get their cleaning supplies, they clean up the bathroom, they replace the door. Um, and then what happened? So they're all ready and, and everything's like, you know, fixed and everything. Well, they go back to, I don't know if it was Secrets or another bar. They actually found another couple to play this sick, twisted game with. And this couple actually escapes. So that it comes up in trial that, you know, hey, they, they tried this game with us of the purse and we just left. Like they ran, I guess they ran out. Um, the other couple actually escaped before things got weird. And um, the girl went on to tell investigators that the same weird scenario of Erica suddenly saying her purse was missing. Um, and, you know, they obviously dodged a bullet by getting out of there, literally. So um, Erica puts in her scrapbook. It shows like, and the weird thing about it is they were getting all of these photos developed while they were there. Like they were, there were actual photos of Josh and Jeannie at the bar with them. And they were like, going they were taking time out of their day to go to like cbs or wherever you go to get photos 
developed, developed and yeah yeah and like getting them developed so they she had already like started so she must have had all of her scrapbook supplies with her because she had already made a page for the scrapbook that said um you know something about bonnie and clyde and it was like in quotations and it showed you know there's a photo of it and and it's got like them at pop puck golf with the necklace on and everything so you know they're showing off the souvenirs from the murders like his ring do you think that this that she got into this like to get him the thrills to keep him was she like desperate to lose him was there any kind of like i think so i i, I mean i i mean i'm trying he, to figure he, out what made this girl well in a couple so much well the thing that every like so there were a couple quotes that i wrote down that p- investigators said like um one investigator said that you know individually that these two were um they probably would have been fine like say he would have married like a librarian he probably you know his obviously they probably wouldn't have have had sex but um or he would have gone out and cheated on her but you know he they were together they were combustible like someone said that he was a stick of dynamite and she was the match and then another person said that um they were hyperbolic rocket fuel alone they were fine but put together um you know it was just bang it was just an explosion so crazy you know you happens yes so i think you know there are people like that that like you put them together and they are going to they just clash yeah and they they almost yeah like almost feed off of each other but i think you're onto something because like her making him get out of the military you know like going and like stalking him when he's on in a lab i think it was alaska she like showed up and was making sure that he wasn't out fooling around after they were married um and, and you know he ended up going awol so i think she was very insecure she was very young and um I do. I think she wanted to be the cool girl. Like she, um, with, with the Hooters and all that, like maybe, maybe that's why they, they, maybe they frequented Hooters. Maybe they ate there a lot. And, and he liked to oogle at the, the women in those outfits. I don't know. And then she thought, okay, I'm going to be cool girl and wear all of the Hooters memorabilia. I cannot say Hooters. So I know you off. say, you say Hooters. I know. I feel so weird. saying Hooters. Just it's just Hooters. I can't. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> Hooters. Say Hooters. Hoosiers. Say Hoosiers. Hooters. Hooters. No, say Hoosier. Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Hooters. Hooters. <laughs> oh my okay. god. Okay. Okay. So anyway, Hooters. so what happened? I almost after sound that? like an owl. Um. So you sound like my fifth grade people. teacher that was a really old man, and he used to say <laughs> instead of white, he said white oh my god that reminds me of family guy like remember how they're always white <laughs> okay whatever and he also said florida florida i don't instead say of that, florida though. florida right i don't say poppy there i say soda um so they leave ocean city <laughs> they're on their way back to altoona right so they're on their way back mm-hmm. to altoona pennsylvania and they stop at a Hooters, and they break in. It's to- it's like middle of the night. Um, they trip a silent alarm, and the cops show up like unexpectedly. Like they're coming out with all of this memorabilia, and they the cops are like, "Hey, what's up?" 
So Erica gets panicky, starts freaking out. And she's like, oh my God, I need my Xanax. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. You know, like she's shaking, she's trembling. And so the cop's like, okay, what do you want me to do? You know? And, he, and she's like, it's in my purse. Just get it. Just go in my purse and get it. It's right there. And so the cops- It's in my pocketbook. It's in my pocketbook. So the cops are like, okay. And I guess there's something, the fruit of the tree or something law where you can, I just remember this from college. Like there's some kind of, if you open a drawer, like if you have a search warrant and you can open a drawer, you, and you see like something else in there, you're, you can take it. It's part of like the, anyway, so it's kind of like that. Like she gave them permission to go into her purse to get the Xanax, right? So while they're in the purse, <clears throat> they see, um, they start rifling around and they're like, you know, we're just gonna look around, see what else is in here. And they find the ID cards of Joshua Ford and Jeannie mm. Crutchley. Yes. And five spent rounds. So now like, had those people been reported missing? Yeah. Remember the, the posters were up all oh, over. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. So, so what happened was, I guess this cop had just seen one of these posters. So he was just like, um, you know, why, and he, it, it clicked, like it had just been like an hour before he had seen their missing poster, like be on the lookout, you know? And so he's like, why do you have these? And, um, I guess they were like, oh, you know, we found them on the beach or something. And they were like, they were, I guess they were drunk too. And they were like, can we just put this stuff back and go home? And they're like, no. So they like, they're like, this is odd that they have these things and these spent shell casings, you know, five of them, like bullets that were basically, you know, or no, I think they had the actual bullets like that were taken out of the bodies. Like they took them out of the bodies mm. and they kept them. Yeah. So, um, they, you know, they, they were like, we're taking you down to the booking place or to the station and we're going to, you know, talk to you there. So they get there and Erica just starts singing like a canary. She's just like, okay, it was all him. He did it. Like she just opens up right away. Doesn't get an attorney. She blames it all on him. She played the victim. She's like, you know, I'm scared of him. He's this Navy SEAL. I don't want him to kill me. Um, she, she says like, he made them strip at gunpoint. She was so scared. She was so appalled. This is a crazy thing. So she also tells in her story that this is so messed up and disgusting. She said that she goes upstairs or she's downstairs crying and whimpering because he's upstairs massacring this couple. And he calls her and he's like, hey, come here. And she said she walked in the room and he had, he had one head, severed head in each hand and was like, take a picture of me. What? Yeah. And it's like, for what? The scrapbook? Like, was he conditioned? Ugh. Was she, was he so conditioned to be like, take my photo? I don't know. It just blows my mind. So, so she's like, I don't remember if she took a photo or not. I, I obviously have never seen a photo, but um, then in the book, so that was a different part. So there's like almost a, a difference in the story. So in the book, it says that he was in the hot tub and he had the heads floating in there with him. So there's, yeah, there's two different stories. I don't know what I've seen. The, the one on the documentaries is that he had them in each hand and was like, take my picture. And he was naked, like holding their heads saying, take my picture in, in the documentaries. Um, she said that, so she blames it all on him. She's like, he was, you know, this mastermind. He wanted to kill them. This was thrill killing. Um, he actually lawyered up from the beginning and was quiet and was like, he was so smart about it. He was like, like how we would, like, if I 
was accused of murder, I would not say a word um, and probably nor would you. You know, he called an attorney right away. He said that he was asleep in the his um, car the whole time and that she was in there just murdering and massacring these people. So, yeah. Um, so, so in the end, they got, um, Erica got life. So it came, so she ended up taking a plea. So originally they offered her a plea to turn on him and she took it. Well, then during her polygraph, you have to take a polygraph in order to have the plea go through. And she said, um, what did she say? She said, um, gosh, it came out during her pre-interview that she had actually stabbed Jeannie Crutchley in the side. Like she had made her die. You know, she stabbed her in the torso. Like and then she, she finished her off. Yes. I Well, no, she was never shot. So that so was he kept like missing. She, she was directing and, him and he kept missing. So she stabbed her. Right. And so then Erica went on to get this snake tattoo in the exact spot on air on her mm -hmm. own body. Yes. Where she had stabbed Jeannie. So it was like, they, they were the craziest people. So yeah. And then another like fun fact about this couple, they had snakes, like pet snakes. Like, this is the most scrapbook. bizarre couple I've I seen. Know. I can't wait to see their pictures. Oh my gosh. And honestly, if you can watch any show, like there's a forensic file. That's where I first saw it because I used to, I've seen every forensic file. Like I used to watch this and it would, it would, it's just, this has always been my favorite, like intriguing. Why, you know, what is, why would this happen? I want to know, just like Chris Watts, why would this happen? So, you know, that's what I want to get to is the why, but, um, they also had pet snakes and their names were HIV and Hitler. So it's like, they were, yeah, they were at, they were just like really off the wall. Like these just, two were like Sid and Nancy. Yeah. Like deviants. Exactly. Like Sid and Nancy, Bonnie and Clyde, like, um, what was the natural born kid? Like Mallory and yeah, you know, um, yeah, they were like, but would, but that's the question. Would, would they have been on their own? I don't know. So, um, in the end, she and so she ended up messing up her plea like she was going to basically get pretty much get off you know like not really do much time probably not get off but maybe do 20 years by turning on him well anyway during that thing it came out that she stabbed her so it, it kind of came out that she was the mastermind like she was the one who was he was the muscle, you know, she was like, Hey, she was directing like, Hey, you do this, you do that. And he just kind of went along with it. Um, she got life plus 20 years and, um, BJ only got 38 years. He was found not guilty on the murder of Joshua Ford. Um, and the crazy part is BJ is eligible for parole in 2021 and Erica is eligible for parole in 2024. So they're deaf. I mean, he's up for a parole like next year. Wow. I know. So, so do you think that scary. she'll get out? I don't think she will, but maybe he will. I mean, he was really smart about it. Like I said, he didn't talk. The one crazy thing, if you can ever find um, transcripts about it or like trial footage, he, for somebody who's this big, bad Navy SEAL, his voice is extremely high. Like he sounds like a woman. I don't know. It's so bizarre to me. It's just, it's just a really weird case. Um, I mean, so, 
it blew my mind back when it happened. Cause think about it. That was like before Lacey Peterson went missing or, mm-hmm. you know, you know, that, and then the DC sniper was very interesting to me. So, and then Casey Anthony. So it's like, we've had all these very interesting cases. This was really the first one that I was like infatuated with. Like I, I captured you. So you yeah. first thought on forensic files. I did, or yeah, it had to have, because I don't remember it being like mainstream media. I think I must have seen it on Forensic Files, I think. Um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to pull that up on demand. Yes, it's actually on YouTube, the full episode. Oh, Um, is it? Yeah. Okay, you'll have to give me the link. I'll put it, I'll put it out. Yeah, yeah. And then the book is, it's called Cruel Death, and it's by M. William Phelps. And he, and I'll send you that too. He is, and he's written a lot of like true crime books, but um, I read this one years ago, just on like a Kindle or um, a Nook and I don't have it anymore, but um, it was a good book. It it goes, it's a deeper dive into like their, their childhood, um, you know, more of like her parents wanting perfection. Um, I think he came from like an abusive home. So I'm always interested in that. Like, where do you come from? What is it? Nature versus nurture. So, and, and I think she was adopted. I think she was adopted by this very affluent family and, you know, they gave her the world, but they also like expected perfection from her. So it's, it's interesting. So was that like a rebel, you know, rebellion for, you know, kind of being controlled? Yeah, I don't know. And then being with him, who was this kind of like bad boy, I don't know. It's it's. A, it sounds a lot like rebellion. So yeah. where, did her parent, where did her parents stand in all of this? Did they make any statements or did they go to her trial or anything like that? I think they went to the trial. They weren't, um, I think they, you know, stood by or just like any other parent does in all these cases. Um, yeah, it wasn't, they were, you know, a lot of people, they were opposed to her getting married to him. Like they were like, get it, we'll pay for you to get an annulment because she had only known him three weeks. So, um, everyone who knew her, it's funny because everyone who knew her in high school and in college were like, oh my gosh, I would never dream in a million years that she would do something like this. But then everyone that knew him from the Navy, they were like, we can't believe that he would do this or be involved in anything like this. So, mm-hmm. you know, it goes he back to- came out like kind of scot-free a little bit and looked yeah, good. And it came, you know, came through with flying colors, all people saying good things about him and yeah, judging and his character. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes Maybe back to- Maybe she was the one that was- Right. But then my, okay. So then the thing where I get hung up is why did she call 911? Like if she, so I always took that as, you know, when I read the book, I was like, she called 911 because she didn't want to be, she wanted out of that. Because think about it. If the cops would have shown up, the plan would have been over. Like, was that like, did it just go too far? Did she not think that he would kill them? I see. That's what I don't know. Like, did she set that up for a thrill so they could have sex later? Or did she... You know what I'm saying? Like none of this ever. It never came out in trial. No, I mean I don't think they ever. I hate when you don't get answers. I know. Well, I don't think they ever like thought that deeply. Like, why did you? You know, there's so much that doesn't come out in trials. Like um, true, true. I guess in we find out a lot from Facebook groups now. Yeah, and you know everything is spilled in these groups. Yeah, like family members come for exactly like look at a crime like this. If we had, you know, 
even. Oh yeah. People be all over it. You know, we'd, we'd know everything about every family member and I mean, everything you can imagine. So no, it's a very interesting case. And I do want to watch the forensic files on that. Is there any any other shows that, that were done on it? Like on ID or anything? So I think I thought there was a dateline. I I'm almost positive there was, but I, or 48 hours or something like that, but I couldn't find that on YouTube. But if you just look up Sifrit, S-I-F-R-I-T murders, it'll, there's um, a true, true crime daily. They did a, a, like a, like a four part series on it. Um, Oh, cool. Yeah. There's a, a cop, there's like a podcast that's on YouTube about it, but it, it was horrendous. I couldn't even, it was like this husband and wife and, they were very slow talkers and I really don't like slow talkers. And so um, it was very hard to listen to and they were laughing and I don't know. So I would, it, I think it's an hour and 40 minutes long. I would not suggest listening to that one. But um, other than that, I mean, there's a ton of so many videos and it's just so interesting to see these two because, and, and like, there's no, I'd love to see their prison photos now. Um, and they did get divorced. I want to say it was seven years after. We can probably look those up and get recent can ones. We? Yeah, they do. Oh my gosh, they do new ones it. every couple of years or so. Yeah, they, would we have to find them. out where they're incarcerated? I don't know. We would just probably have to find probably out Google their names and find out what prison they're in. Yeah, yeah, because I looked just on Google and there's nothing. All it is is just stuff from the trial. So I would love to see how they aged because I want to, you know. I always, I always like revisiting, you know, I was watching, um, and I recommend highly it's, um, on Netflix and it's like a season. It's not a season, but it's like a show, you know, there's different, different episodes. It's not a movie, but it's called trial by media. Oh my gosh. I watched it. Which one are you? Did you, the the one about the rape, the rape um, in in the bar Bedford, Massachusetts. Yes. In the bar, Where yeah. One in the bar, the girl was raped on the pool table. The guys yes. cheered on, about five guys raped her. Yeah, and the whole trial thing. Well, so I was interested to see what these dudes looked like now. So I started Googling them, their asses last night, and they're on Facebook. And yeah. that poor girl, did you know she died? She died. She went to Florida. And weren't they, what? She died what only of- two years after testifying. Weren't they Croatian or it was uh, they were, a Hungarian? Um, Portuguese. Yugoslavian. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. That one was, I know. So yes. sad. And you know, the movie, the accused was based on that story with Jodie Foster. Do you really? remember that movie? Yeah. It's based Vaguely. on that story. Yeah. It's an old movie. That but, was such a phenomenal series. I, I, I loved, um, I liked that whole, I liked the, yes. I haven't watched all of them yet. I kind of skipped forward to that one cause it sounded more interesting, but yeah, watch that one and watch, um, Blagojevich, the one about the, um, Chicago governor, wasn't he the governor, Rod Blagojevich, oh, yeah. he was trying mm-hmm. to sell Obama's Senate seat <laughs> that, and, and Trump just pardoned him, which is crazy to me, but, um, like just this, it was, it was funny cause Blagojevich just got pardoned in February and then so that kind of got swept under the rug with coronavirus so I don't know how we didn't hear about that but um yeah so I would definitely watch the rest of those those were so good yeah definitely we'll check it out yeah well so that's right well Um, thank you for sharing your favorite case with us tonight welcome and thank you for having me on it was so wonderful it was fun all right girl All right. Thanks, Jay. Have a good night. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.